You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for The Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Well, once again, good morning, everyone. It's uh, so great to see so many familiar faces, some new faces, some faces I haven't seen in a while in person. And I'm glad that you could join us today for worship, for pancakes, and as we continue through our summer sermon series, No Greater Love, which again is all about God's love for us and how it transforms us and enables us to respond to it. And I've got syrup mouth, so I'm going to be drinking a lot of water. Uh, today, I wanna, I'm going to be quickly highlighting for us how God's love comforts us. I'll try to keep it a little shorter this morning um, because of uh, the time it took to eat all those pancakes. Um, and speaking of pancakes, uh, I guess you could say that for me personally, they're pretty much my comfort food. Um, specifically speaking, pancakes covered in butter and syrup. I love it. They, they provide for me the right kind of nostalgia of my childhood. Uh, and presently speaking, they're usually something that, that I'd eat with my family today, my church family, uh, which is wonderful. Um, and it also helps that they're one of my top favorite meals. I love pancakes. I love them. Um, so yeah, they're my comfort food for sure. And on that note, I think that, that due to the anxiety, emotional stress, and, and loneliness-inducing events that we've all experienced over the last year and a half, I think many people across the globe have attempted to turn to food to find comfort or solace, right? Yeah, we've, yeah come on, a lot of us have done that, yeah. Um, but the problem with comfort foods is that once, once you eat it, first of all, it's gone, Right? And, and secondly, if you eat too much, it inevitably turns into discomfort, right? You know, like stomach cramps or your clothing fitting too tight. Because let's be honest, most comfort food is usually high in sugar and calories, right? Uh, so, so, yeah, any comfort that we might find in our food, while enjoyable in the moment, is always short lived and it's sometimes regrettable. But as followers of Jesus, as we eat of his bread, which always satisfies and never runs out, we can have confidence and take solace in the fact that the God of love is always standing by and is able to comfort us, to be a shield about us, to strengthen us and give us peace. I can say personally that I've been incredibly thankful for his comfort in my life, especially over the past couple of years. In fact, in fact, my continued prayer throughout this pandemic in those moments of loneliness or when I'm feeling criticized or overwhelmed or when I've had to step out in faith, my, my prayer has often echoed that of Psalm 119.76, which says, may your faithful love comfort me as you promised your servant. That's such a good prayer, powerful prayer, simple prayer, right? May your, may your faithful love comfort me as you promised your servant. And, and in many ways and in many times, this prayer has been answered for me over and over again because God is faithful to do what he says. 
as you promised your servant. God is faithful to do what he says. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Henry, one of our elders, he, he preached a sermon and he, and he reminded us that God's love is his faithfulness and his faithfulness is his love. And I, and I love that. God's love is his faithfulness and his faithfulness is his love. And, and simply knowing this is in and of itself a comfort to us, right? But this also means that if he's faithful to the ones he loves then he'll be faithful in his promise to comfort and protect us as well. And this truth is what led the Apostle Paul to exclaim in, in this next passage, which I'm going to read. He exclaimed this to the church in Corinth. He said in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Abundantly in comfort. And and I really don't think I need to flesh this out much today. I'm not going to because, again, the plan is to try to keep it shorter this morning. But I I simply want to highlight for all of us the fact that God loves his children as much as he loves his begotten son, Jesus himself. And so as his children, he's going to be available at every moment of every day to be with us and protect us like a perfectly loving parent. Isaiah 66, 13, this is his promise to his people. He says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So whether in times of sorrow or confusion, whether in times of trial or loss or when we're living out our calling and especially in times of persecution for our faith, his supernatural comfort, his presence, his spirit, his mercy and his grace will surround us and be with us. And we only need to come to him and receive it, which is what Jesus invites us to do in the power of his victory at the cross. He invites us to come before him and lay down our anxieties and lay down our burdens and present our requests and repent of our shame. And, and as we do it, he'll exchange all of that for rest. He will, as it says in, in Philippians, replace all those things with a peace that passes all understanding, which is so good because usually in those times that we're, we're anxious or we don't know what's going on, we don't understand, and he gives us a peace that's beyond all understanding. So let's, let's take solace in that promise of comfort. And on that note, uh, one commentator I was reading wrote, the comfort that the scriptures has in mind has nothing to do with a languorous feeling of contentment. It is not some tranquilizing dose of grace that only dulls pains, but rather a stiffening agent that fortifies one in heart, mind, and soul. Comfort relates to encouragement, help, exhortation. God's comfort strengthens weak knees and sustains sagging spirits so that one faces the troubles of life with unbending resolve and unending assurance. That's the comfort of God. The God of unending love is the God of unending comfort. Ultimately, then, if you're in need of it, which I think we all are, sometimes more than others, but we're all in need of it. And we can find it in the name of Jesus. 
We can receive it as we seek his presence in prayer. We can receive it as we read his word, as we meditate on his promises and rejoice in the hope of our salvation. In the same vein, we can also seek out Christian brothers and sisters, right? Who will be sure to listen to us with caring ears and and who will encourage us with compassionate hearts. Of course, on that end, one of the reasons we're comforted by God is so that we can, in turn, give comfort to one another as well. That, that's such a beautiful thing. God comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others, right? So God uses and, and causes people to be vessels of his mercy and compassion. And so we need to be ready and willing to do that for one another in the same sense which God does it for us. Even to the point of maybe getting a little uncomfortable once in a while if that's what it takes in order to lift up and encourage those who need it. Uh, like, like my wife did for one of our, our kids the other night. She sat awkwardly and, and un- uncomfortably for, for two hours on, on, one of, on one, of, one of our son's beds in order to just comfort him and sit with him when he was feeling unwell. You know, the, the back's all crooked, but you're, you, you can't move, you know? Right? She wasn't just being a mom in that moment, but she was doing the Lord's work there. And so in the same way, even as we're comforted by the Lord, we're called to be ready to be there for one another. And and too often, though, I think, as Christians, just speaking generally here, not pointing any fingers, I think that as Christians, we tend to run away from uncomfortable experiences or or circumstances. And and, and let's be honest, in sometimes a selfish attempt to, to feel just safe in our Christian bubble, right? To, to remain physically or socially or morally comfortable. We don't want to be around anything that makes us uncomfortable. But if the God of comfort and strength is always with us, you know, whether in times of sorrow, fear, confusion, tragedy, loss, in moments of weakness, or when you're stepping out in faith, or reaching out to the lost, or living in this broken world, if he's with us at all times, then we can surely get uncomfortable for his purposes if he's always comforting us in the midst of it, right? For example, I need some water first before I tell the story. For example, one day when I was just leaving work here, there was a slightly intoxicated and and homeless man sitting on one of those black chairs just uh, out on the sidewalk here outside the church. And um, he was crying. He was just weeping. And even though I wanted to get home after a long day, I kind of wanted to, you know, make the, you know, go around him. Um, especially as an introvert. Uh, even though I wanted to just, you know, get in my car and drive home, I, I felt the Holy Spirit just tug at me to approach him. And so I did, and, and I just said, sir, is everything all right? Are you, are you doing okay? And for the next 20 to 30 minutes, uh, he just poured out his heart to me. And I just ended up sitting on the other chair across from him, and, and he, was, he was just pouring out his heart to me just and weeping and, you know, tears and snot and everything like that. Um, and, you know, he told me that his two cousins had just died of a drug overdose. He told me they'd only started doing drugs because of, they wanted to forget their experiences of, of child abuse in, in both their homes and in residential schools that they had attended. I found out that he also had experienced the same trauma as them, except he didn't do drugs, but he drank to forget. And so he, just, he was just like telling me everything. 
just laying it all out there and weeping and, you know, why would, why would people do that to us and how could people be so cruel and on and on like that. And that, that was rough. And so I, I tried to console him. I, I, I told him about the love and easy burden that's available in Jesus. I laid hands on him and, and, I, and I prayed for him and, and told him that he could knock on the church door whenever he, he wanted to talk because I'd seen him around downtown before. And so make no mistake, that whole conversation, including the subject matter, especially the subject matter, was incredibly uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. But I've personally experienced the source of eternal and unending comfort in Jesus, and so I felt compelled to share it with him as well. The point being, we're comforted by God in our afflictions to bring comfort to others and theirs for his glory, even if it's uncomfortable to do so. God will comfort us in the midst of that uncomfortableness. So I'd encourage you to keep doing that. And anyways, for, for the sake of time today, I'm not going to expound on this theme much more. We're going to talk about it more later on in the series, and we talk about loving others. And... But today, though, I, I just want to end my message this morning by simply reading a small sample. I mean, there's so many verses, there's so many passages. So I'm just going to read a small sample of passages and verses from Scripture which assure and remind us of God's comfort, his protection, his hope, and his compassion over us as his children. And as I read them, I just, I, I would encourage all of you to, if you can, I don't know if some of you need to watch kids, that's fine, but I would encourage all of you to, to close your eyes and, and meditate on these truths as, as you hear them. And allow the Lord to, to speak them into your heart and into your minds, into your soul. So that you would know deeper than ever before that the God of love is the God of all comfort. As the Lord says in Isaiah 41.10, he says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Psalm 23, 4, we can declare, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In Psalm 119, 49 to 50, the psalmist writes, Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. Matthew 5, 4, Jesus declares, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Romans 8, 26, 28, the Apostle Paul reminds us, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Isaiah 49, 13 says, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion 
on his afflicted. First Peter 5, 6 to 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And finally, John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So this, from Jesus' own mouth, is our greatest comfort. In the same vein, it's our greatest assurance of his continued comfort and strength in our lives. He has overcome the world. At the cross, he defeated the power of sin and death. At the cross, he made a way for us to be forgiven, set free, given a secure identity, and adopted into the family of God. Because of the cross, because of the depths, Jesus went to rescue us. We can be confident that he'll never leave us nor forsake us as we live for him. And more than that, he's a savior who became human, which means he knows what we've been through and he knows what we're going through. He knows our our plight and our needs and our issues and our weaknesses. He can sympathize and empathize with us in the midst of them. And he does and he will anytime we approach him. He understands and is therefore ready to comfort us and lift us up in the power of his victory and resurrection. Because of the cross, we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. He's a God of comfort, and there's no greater love than this. Hebrews 11, 14 to 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So let's respond to that together. Let's respond. I invite you now to stand with me as we come before the Lord in worship. Let's come before him as the body of Christ with boldness, with confidence, ready to proclaim his holiness and find mercy and grace to help us as we live for him.